Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One football game I'm going, that would be the Saints and the uh, Bucks. Saints up 3-0. Uh, Harris, the punt returner for uh, New Orleans, had a big return on his first punt uh, after the bu- Bucks got the ball first, couldn't move it, uh, put the Saints in scoring position. Hell of a catch by Michael Thomas in the end zone, but his butt cheek came, uh, out, came down out of bounds, uh, so they waved it off. Uh, Saints settled for a field goal. Uh, once again, Tampa stopped offensively. Big punt, even bigger punt returned by Harris. He took it to the house the second time. Called back, illegal block in the back. They showed you a replay. It was right call. Um, so the Saints are uh, getting underway in their own end of the field. Uh, but they've already got a 3 nothing game, and I'll keep an eye on it for you. Meanwhile, we'll talk about everything in the National Football League with my next guest. Um, he's been a uh, friend of the show, hopped on plenty of times over the years, writing these days for Florida Football Insider, Hall of Fame voter, our buddy Jason Cole joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. How's your New Year going, Jason? It's fabulous. How's yours, Jerry? I don't know if I would go fabulous, but I'd say it's better than 2020. We're, we, we've only got one direction to go, and that's <laughs> up, right? Pretty much. That's Pretty the way. Much. That's one uh, way to uh, look at it. Uh, always yep. glass half full kind of guy that I am. All right. Uh, as you can well expect, I want to talk to you about yesterday's playoff action, today's earlier game, all those things. But I want to go somewhere else first. And I was going to throw this out to my listeners, and I haven't yet, so I'll give you first shot here. If I made you the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, sometime between now and May, you need to make a decision on picking up the fifth-year option on your quarterback, Lamar uh, Jackson's contract. He was a first-round draft pick, last one in the first round. They traded up to 32 to get into that first round to guarantee the fact that they'd get him for five years rather than four. But that uh, fifth-year option shoots up to 20-some-odd million dollars, whereas he's making less than two going into his fourth year next year. Are you picking up that option? Do you want to go year-by-year with Lamar Jackson? Where do you sit with him as franchise quarterback status for the Ravens? Yeah, I'm picking up the option. I have no problem with that. Um, uh, I think he's a great player. Am I giving him a long-term contract? That's a different question. Because I would have a look, I would sit down with him this offseason, and I would go through the film, basically, um, and I would say, look, here's a critical moment you know, in this game against Buffalo where you, know, you hit a 
because you kept your your arm slot really good and you threw you know you didn't drop your elbow right. But two plays later, when we're on a, a second fourteen and then on a third and fourteen, you're dropping your elbow on a throw to the outside. And so these are the things that affect your accuracy, your ability to make big plays, your ability to throw from the pocket that you're capable of changing. But I have to see consistent change because in the playoffs, this is two straight years, in the playoffs, basically opposing defenses said, we're going to dare you to throw. And we're going to challenge you to make big throws in big situations, take the running game away, take you out of the running game. And so far, you, you haven't been able to do that on a consistent basis. You did okay in the first round of this playoffs against Tennessee, but really it was your legs that got us through that game. When it was about your arm, you're still not quite there. And I believe in the guy. Like I, This would be a very, as, as positive a conversation as you can possibly have, but it would be a very straightforward one to, to say, look, uh, you know, there, there are issues that need to be worked on. And either you address it or I may not give you that kind of contract. I may, I may not pay you in that, in that realm. Fair enough. Um, here's where I would question your, your modus operandi. Do you not believe that the Raven coaches have done that after his first year where they didn't know he was going to be their starter? Sure enough, they gave him the shot. He helped get them into the playoffs by winning games at the end of the season, but then he had a lousy playoff game. So they come back year two, and the same thing. He wins a lot of games during the regular season, gets into the postseason, lays an egg. Now in year three, again, wins a lot of regular season games, and then in the playoffs, has a good game and finds a way to win for them, as you correctly stated, more with his legs than his arm, but then reverts and throws a big pick yesterday. Don't you think they've been doing that throughout, that here's what we need you to improve on, breaking down the film with him, and I'm not sure he's improving on those things. Okay. I mean, you can talk to him a lot, but money talks. Oh, you you think if you uh, tell him you're going to give him the contract, then he'll actually start to pay attention and improve in those things? I I tend to think that, you know, money is a a gigantic motivator. Okay. That's very true. Right. Like to sit there and say, if you want that big, giant contract that you think you deserve, if you want that, this is what has to change. And and I think that's a perfectly reasonable conversation to have. Um, you know, and, and, and say this is what we expect. Or we can you know, I mean, the one year of a franchise tag, you can live on that when you're a franchise tag for year five. You know, beyond that, it gets a little more difficult. And you say, look, I'll pay you the premium dollars if you can fix this. I don't even want to buy out your career after year three for, for less. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to get a, a you know, I'm not trying to get uh, a discount on your contract. I'm willing to play it out and pay you more. But you know this is this is what's got to happen. So um, I think it's a very frank discussion. And he may not like the discussion, but you'd say it, and if it comes out publicly, then it comes out publicly. Very interesting. That's why we have Jason Cole on here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, and although uh, Jackson was a big part of the game yesterday, and his uh, story is what it is, I don't want to take away from the, what the Bills have done. Uh, did yesterday defensively just taking the Ravens out of their game and all season long uh, with their 7,000 people sounding like 70,000 in their stadium yesterday. Uh, Bills are a damn good story. We now know they've got to go off to Kansas City and try and find a way to win. 
can we even speculate? Let, let's let's speculate as of right now that Mahomes is in the starting lineup. We won't know if he'll be 100%, but assuming he's in the starting lineup, is this Bills defense good enough to slow down that Kansas City offense? No, not really, but I think that look, we didn't see the best of the Bills offense yesterday, in part because they didn't have to play. Uh, there was no urgency to really, you know, roll out everything. Um, they did throw the ball a lot, but I don't think they took a lot of chances. Um, I would say that you didn't see that the best of the Bills offense. The other side is that, you know, they're playing with a ridiculous wind. And, you know, I've been in Buffalo for those kinds of games. It's just, yeah, the wind makes it almost impossible in that place. So to, to throw, I, I saw Dan Marino just have, you know, one throw off and the other just destroyed because of that wind. So it happens, right? So, um, you know, they got through yesterday. I do think they have a good enough offense to play with them, especially if Kansas City does some of the things that they did today, you know, blow a, a field goal and, a, and an extra point, settle for field goals rather than getting touchdowns. So if, if it's a game where, the Chiefs are playing in the mid-20s to high-20s, maybe 30 points. The Bills are capable of scoring that kind, scoring that much. Um, they're a be- way better team than Cleveland. So, you know, if, if the Bills go in and play uh, a 35-point game offensively and they can get just enough stops, they have a chance to win that game. Um, but... You know, that, that, that's asking quite a bit. That's asking quite a bit because the Chiefs are the best team in the league by far. Understood. Um, for some of our millennial listeners, they might not get the reference that I'm about to throw out there, but I think you and I will certainly. I know I understand, and I'm pretty sure you will too. In Cleveland, <laughs> they have the drive and the mm-hmm. fumble in postseasons gone by. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the touchback? because of the play at the goal line, which was a blatant helmet-to-helmet hit, but was also correctly judged to fumble, and the rules are what the rules are, and it was a major turning point in the game. Uh, Is this just going to add to the Browns' postseason lore with another descriptive adjective of how the Browns got stiffed again? Um, I don't think it's quite the same thing because the game was not – it was not the fourth quarter with the game on the line, right? Like – the drive with Elway is, you know, the final six minutes of the game, which right. is in my book, Elway, A Relentless Life, um, on sale <laughs> on Amazon these days. Uh, yes. you know, described, described in great detail in that book. Um, and the fumble is also descri- described in that book uh, as well, uh, not in quite the same detail, but, um, you know, all, all that's there. I mean, those were, you know, these were final moments. That, that touchback is not the same. Um, I think that there might be more discussion about the fourth and one play where MJ Stewart forgets to cover somebody. And MJ Stewart, if I was MJ Stewart, I might not get on the plane back to Cleveland because not only did he not cover and, and fall asleep, but he also had that one play earlier in the game where he didn't even attempt to tackle, um, I think it was Kelsey, on, on a play. So uh, not a great game for MJ Stewart. All right. Does Andy, Andy Reid get bonus points for being uber aggressive? I actually sit here quite. He's throwing on second down instead of running the clock. Now he got sacked, so the clock continued to run. He didn't get crushed by it, but he lost yardage. And then Henny got almost all of it back. But then again, fourth and inches from the fifty-yard line, 
and he's nervous enough, nervy enough to throw a pass, even though, yes, Hill was uncovered. How much credit do you give Andy Reid for having him hanging? Um, well, I mean, you, you have to give him credit because this is the same guy that I've ripped in the past for being too pass-happy, right? So, um, but Andy Reid's going to live and die by what he believes in and that he can throw it, you know, sling it around, right? And he, he's always had, you know, big colonies, right? Really big colonies when it comes to that. Now, that has led to some time management issues, which, look, Eagles management used to hold, like, you know, hour-long sessions with him to discuss clock management in the past, and he would still sit there and go, I like throwing. Um, all that said, the final play here, or at least not the final play, but the fourth down play is a brilliantly designed play. It really is, because they come up and they're, and they're selling it really hard, like, we're just here to try and draw you offside. So we're, we even have Henny in gun and they basically catch him, you know, fall asleep. And, I mean, Jerry, you probably remember the clock play with Marino throwing to Ingram against the Jets, right? Oh. It, right. Same thing. You caught, you caught the defense asleep, right? Yeah. Same, same idea, which is, you know, not quite the same execution, but try to, fall, try to catch the defense having fallen asleep, not paying attention. And that is exactly what happened. Um, today, they they fell asleep. And uh, to his credit, Chad Henney executed. Doing that with your backup quarterback is the reason that they're uh, as big cojones as they are on Andy Reid. All right, we're talking to Jason Cole here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Let's shoot over to the NFC. Um, did the Rams defense just fall asleep? Is uh, Aaron no, Rodgers just the man? Aaron Rodgers playing, he's playing as well as he has since, what, the 2010 season when they won the title. And I remember in that season, especially in the playoffs, like, he played some of the greatest quarterback in terms of execution, throws. I mean, the Atlanta game was a clinic. The Pittsburgh game was a clinic. I mean, it was just spectacular, right? The whole thing. Um, and, and, like, he's at that level right now. He's like he was 10 years ago, you know, in terms of, you know, making throws and making plays. You know, the, the fake out that he had um, on Leonard Floyd, uh, you know, on the, on the touchdown run, those kinds of things. Yeah, he, he's, just, he's spectacular right now. Um, and so give him, give him a lot of credit. But the Rams were, you know, like the Rams were playing from behind to begin with in this game, right? I mean, they, you know, they're, they're just offensively challenged. They would have had to have been perfect in this game and put pressure under the Packers, you know. And, and Aaron Donald was hurt. The whole, the whole deal. So, what happened yesterday was somewhat predictable. Cards were stacked against them a little bit. I agree with you there. Um, you mentioned the, the Rogers uh, pump fake, which I thought was phenomenal. He's not supposed to do that at age thirty-seven. I, I, I'll see if we see a pump fake out of Breeze or, or uh, Brady today, but that was off the charts. You might see a pump fake. You're not going to see a run with a pump to the run. <laughs> right uh, to lead to the run to get to the house, which was damn yeah. impressive by Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game, you got two future Hall of Famers, unquestionably Brady and Breeze, two of the greatest all time. Uh, it's six nothing with time running down here in the first quarter. 
do you expect this to continue to be somewhat low scoring, or is it just a matter of time before one of these or both of these two guys take off? Well, I mean, if one of them is going to take off, it's going to be Brady. Um, that's what I believe. I, I just don't see a lot of explosion out of the New Orleans offense. Um, they're they're just not you know they're not built that way um, right now, and Breeze just doesn't have the arm to to take advantage. of of, of people, so to me, if the, the the Buccaneers have the better offense, but the Saints have a very good defense, um, and so this this could play out as low scoring. And I do know what I, I know that New Orleans won the first two games and they blew them out in Tampa, but that was two months ago, and um, these ga- these teams have changed quite a bit since that time. So I, I have, and, and especially the Tampa offense has gotten a lot better because the timing for Breeze with Evans and the rest of those guys has gotten a lot better. All right, uh, one last one. The reporting getting pretty hot and heavy today that Deshaun Watson, uh, we've known now for a while, he wasn't happy in Houston, and they uh, asked him to do certain things and said they were going to include him on certain things and then didn't. He's got right to be perturbed to the point of forcing his way out and demanding a trade after they had already given him his mega contract this offseason. A little mm-hmm. pushy for me, but if he's capable of doing it, shoot. James Harden t- not only talked his way out of Houston, he talked his way exactly where he wanted to go, into Brooklyn. Where are we going next with this Watson story? Does it die back down? Does it jump back up? Do they feel the need to immediately see if they can get something put in place? Where does Deshaun Watson and the Texans go from here? Well, I, mean, I think that the only thing that can happen um, – in my view, is the Cal McNair. I mean, it's either a trade or Cal McNair, the owner of the of the Texans, has to have sort of a come Jesus conversation with with Deshaun Watson. And I, I say that no double entendre meant you know with the come to Jesus because of the Jack Easterby situation. But you know the owner has to acknowledge what's happened and what's gone wrong. He probably has to fire Jack Easterby, um, who has you know created havoc here among among the players. That's and, and, you know, I know a lot of people say that, hey, um, you know, Easterby's really close to Cal McNair and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's fine, but Deshaun Watson's one of the, you know, eight or nine best quarterbacks in, in the NFL right now, maybe better than that, right? You don't find guys like that very much. I mean, I, I can go find another pastor. Okay. <laughs> Trying to find a quarterback whole different deal. So, you know, the owner's got to get a clue. And I think that the owner's, you know, probably got to hear from other owners that this is not good for the league if a, if a player forces his way out, if a player of this kind of ability forces his way out. Um, that's probably going to have to happen. Even though there are probably a fair number of owners are probably looking around going, hey, can I get a shot at that? Understood. Um, you would know this better than me. I, I've read some things on him. Um, how did Easterby talk his way into as big a power position as he has down there in Texas? Well, I mean, Cal McNair is a very, you know, is a very faith-driven man, okay? And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Easterby is, you know, a man of faith and, you know, pushes it and has a very good, you know, there are some people who really swear by Easterby and his ability to, to motivate them and, you know, get them sort of, uh, centered in their faith and belief, and, that, and that's great. 
Uh, you know, he had nothing wrong with that. But he has also sort of taken too much advantage of you – know, he's I shouldn't – not t- taking too much advantage, but he knows his way into the locker room too deeply and impacted too deeply what, you know, how the how the how the locker room is supposed to get along. Like you're not supposed to be part of that. You're supposed to stay away from that, right? You're not supposed to be in it at all, right? Um and so like this is this is obviously upset the locker room. Um now that on on that, you know, Easterby is also not responsible for the trade that sent DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. That's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien made that um, made that call, um, and so that's that has to be you know that that's not on Easterby, but it's obvious that people are upset with how Easterby is acting right now. All right, last thing on this, I promise. If uh, the powers that be in Houston uh, get assigned from above, that the best thing to do would be to <laughs> remove Deshaun Watson from the equation, and uh, they come to an agreement on that. But uh, Powers also tell him, oh, but you better get a ton in return. What's it going to take for Deshaun Watson to come out of Houston? Well, I mean, if a normal number one overall pick, you know, to move up takes, like, a first, your first-round pick plus two more first-round picks for that first-round pick. You know, that's the usual three-for-one occasion is kind of the starting point. Now, they're not all like that because it just kind of depends on what, what the cost, you know, the cost looks like and what other people are willing to pay, that there's a little bit of that. But you're talking about proving all pro, you know, pro bowl quarterback, right? I mean, I would just sit there and go, you got to give me, you know, I, I would be looking at uh, Miami, for instance, which is, that's one of the popular notions. They'd say, okay, I want Tua, I want the number three, and I want the number 18 this year to start. And then I probably want a second-round pick on top of that. It's going to be expensive. It should be fun. It'll be a topic of conversation for the next several weeks, if not several months. And, Jason, I'll probably get you back on again uh, before anything ever happens. Appreciate you coming out with me tonight. Enjoy the rest of the game. We'll talk to you down the road, brother. Uh, have a, uh, our, uh, the, is the Hall of Fame selections going to be done remotely, or are you guys planning on being at the Super Bowl? It's on this Tuesday. It's, it's being done on Zoom call this Tuesday. Oh, it won't okay. be. It won't be announced early because um, I think they're, you know, they're they're going to do they're going to kind of do a different process. But um, the selection's actually on Tuesday. We're going to do it all day. Oh, well, have a great day on Tuesday, then, my friend. I may shoot you text, and I will uh, keep <laughs> keep your confidence if need be. Thank you, sir. Well, yeah, yeah. I I, I won't know the results, but I won't get you know, it. But we'll be part of it. Yeah, you'll have a feel, and I'll see if I can get yeah. that out of you. Good stuff, Jason. Always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it mightily. No problem. Talk to you later, buddy. Jason Cole from uh, Florida Football Insiders. I did not know that the Hall of Fame, the first go round, is this Tuesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.